You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Please, Ezekiel 28. Genesis, Exodus, Ezekiel. Here. I don't know what Bible version you got. That's not right. Just after Genesis, Ezekiel. Uh, Anything can be said about that. All right. We'll, uh, in Sunday school this morning, want to play a short little game uh, called Opposites. I'll say, I'll say a word, you just say the opposite of said a word. Small, big, large, in charge. Uh, light, dark. Uh, this may be a trick question, right? Left, wrong. <laughs> That's right. Um, good, bad, evil, uh, heaven, angels, and God, nothing. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Uh, I do not believe that Satan is God, God's opposite, that they have opposite motives, yes, uh, but uh, not an opposite being. And uh, this morning in, in Sunday school, just want to talk a little bit about uh, the enemy of your soul, and that is, uh, that is Satan. Just want to talk a little bit about him. You're going to learn, maybe learn some new things about him or things like that, and uh, uh, of I wanted to say why it was important. Uh, why it was, it was important to talk about Satan is 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 that. Uh, excuse me. Let me find my place here. Oh, there it is. Uh, why study Satan? Blindness to the existence of an enemy makes it impossible to conquer him. And you can say this about, uh, I enjoy sports, or, uh, or you can have a, a military illustration, but uh, if you do not study your enemy, or in a sport, or in a combat way, uh, what, what do you expect? Um, you're going to be caught off guard and be surprised at, at anything uh, that happens and anything that goes on. Uh, and... So we must, uh, just for our Sunday school, uh, I just want to teach a little bit and have you learn a little bit about uh, our enemy, because he certainly is there, certainly does exist, and uh, and we ought to learn uh, to be just better equipped as Christians, and just to be more wise uh, as we carry on in our lives. Uh, There are seven books that speak of the in the Old Testament, excuse me, seven books in the Old Testament that speak of Satan, and 
Every writer in the New Testament mentions him. There's 29 references to Satan in the New Testament, and, and of the 29, Jesus is speaking in 25 of them. So, this was an, uh, a prominent thing. Um, if I could answer the question, who is Satan's opposite? I would believe that would be Michael the archangel. Um, uh, and I gave two reasons. Michael and Satan are the same being. Um, they're, they're on an equal playing level as beings. And second, Michael is the ark of the head angel, and Satan is the ark or the head uh, demon or, or um, satanic thing. Um, so, there we go. Then, uh, in Ezekiel, it speaks of, of, of Satan, and that's why we're there here today. Um, it actually speaks of God creating him. So that's the first thing that you ought to know. Uh, Satan is created. Uh, excuse me. Lucifer is created. Uh, Lucifer is a created being that God created. And so, again, can't be God's equal or opposite. Uh, God was never created. Uh, he always been. He always has been. And he always will be. And Satan had a beginning and he will have an end. Um, and I want to say, excuse me, it is Lucifer that was created. Satan was a choice. Um, but Lucifer was created. An angelic being that God created. Alright, uh, Ezekiel 28. Go to verse 11. We'll start there. Ezekiel 28.11. Uh, in a little bit of context, Ezekiel is, is a book of judgments against the nations that have been cruel to Israel. And Ezekiel was called by God to be the speaker of God, telling and judging people against him. He begins chapter 28 by judging uh, Tyrus, and then in verses 11 to 17, he's judging the power that's behind Tyrus, which then would be Satan. You cannot read verses 11 through 17 and attribute them to a human being. What he is saying is, the prince of Tyrus is this way because there is a king of Tyrus standing behind him, none other than Satan himself. So we'll read that. Uh, Ezekiel 28, 11. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, take up thy lamentation upon the, ting the king of Tyrus. So now he's talking about Satan, king of Tyrus. And say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Thou sealest up the sum full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. So now we're talking about him being created. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God, Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardius, the topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold. And excuse me if I said one of those wrong. The workmanship of thy tambrets and of thy pipes were presented in thee that the day thou was created. Uh, I'll just pause right there. We learned how what Lucifer looked like when he was created. Uh, he was a being that was full of stones, uh, jasper, barrel, onyx, diamond. And these stones, uh, if you uh, maybe if you read between the lines a little bit, these stones are reflective stones. So that when God showed his light and would, 
When Lucifer was in God's presence, all he was was a reflection. That's, that was a, a piece of his job was just to be a reflection of God's light, not something that, not any light that was created on his own. So, uh, and then at the end, you notice these words, um, workmanship of thy tabrets and thy pipes. Uh, now you see he was a musical instrument. Uh, Lucifer was a musical instrument. It's hard to imagine this. Uh, maybe did he flex his muscle and then a, a, a sound played? I'm not sure. Uh, you can have your imagination and, and use that. But uh, he was a reflection of God. And secondly, he was uh, a musical instrument. He was able to play and uh, lead the angelic band and, and choir uh, in, in, uh, in song. Then uh, let's continue verse 14. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. So he had a place of position. He was higher up than just the average Joe Schmo cherub. Uh, he was that, was, that was funny. He was higher up than that. Uh, and I have set thee so. God put him there. I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. What this is talking about is, is God's throne. You've been in the throne room of God. You've walked up and down, and you've been up in the mountain. Thou was perfect in the day thou was created. By the way, he was created until iniquity was found in thee. Here's the big problem. Till iniquity was found in thee. By the multitude of thy merchandise, they filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. Therefore... I will cast thee out as profane from the mountain of God. I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings that they may behold. Thou hast defiled thy sanctuaries by the multitude of thine iniquities, by the iniquity of thy traffic. Therefore will I bring forth a fire from the midst of thee, it shall devour thee, and I, and I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold thee. All they that know thee among the people shall be astonished at thee. Thou shalt be a terror, and, shall never, and, thou, and never shalt thou be any more. Uh, I read a long piece there at the end. But a lot of times in our mind, and I saw, one time I saw a painting or a drawing or something, and uh, this is not to be humorous, but it was Satan and, and it looked like Jesus was in an arm wrestling match. And the two were equal right here. And uh, behind them were people cheering and, and fighting for the other. And in that painting, they were exactly equal. They were up straight, exactly equal. And, and I don't want you to ever get the thought in your mind that there's anything equal to God. There is certainly not. And when you read, when we all read that at the end, God is saying in great detail, I'm going to destroy this being. This, this is, I've got this. He's not going to exist anymore. I, it's going to be done. It's going to be over. 
and uh, he, he will be chained up, and, and you don't have to worry about him anymore. There will come a time. Uh, not an equal of God. Never, never has been, never will be. And um, God is, uh, if you know God's attributes, uh, this was another point that I think I have later on. Um, if you know God's attributes, Satan has none of those attributes. Uh, Satan is not all-knowing. So <clears throat> he does not, uh, oftentimes I just feel like we give him more power than what he really has. I'll just, I'll just say that. I, I'm, I'm going to choose not to dive deep and explain. Not all-powerful. He, he's not in all places either. He can only be in one place at, at once. Uh, and he's not in hell. He is uh, among, among the earth. And uh, not all-knowing, not all-powerful, not in all places. And you can just list God's attributes, and he's none of those. Can't be. Never will be. Because uh, God and Satan are not anywhere close to the same uh, level, playing level, of anything. Um, so then, uh, so we see him created in uh, Ezekiel. Why don't you turn to Isaiah 14 and we'll learn more about um, why he is what he is. Ezekiel, he was created as this perfect being of reflection. Uh, Isaiah 14, 12. He was created, this perfect being of reflection, and then um, iniquity was found in him. There was sin found in him, and God cast him out, and God put this judgment on him saying, uh, you're never going to win again. And I'm glad to know that. It gives me comfort. Um, Isaiah 14, 12. There we go. Isaiah 14, 12. It begins where Ezekiel leaves. Um, and again, talking about Satan, uh, we're going to learn here uh, why he is what he is. Uh, Satan, for, uh, excuse me, Isaiah 14, 12. There are five I wills. Uh, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down from the ground, which thou didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, number one, I will ascend into heaven. Uh, I'll, I'll read the whole thing. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the, the mount of the congregation on the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. Number five, I will be like the most high. Verse 15, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. Here we see, uh, we kind of see the motive behind uh, Satan and, and, and the pride that was that found in him, the sin that was found in him. Uh, to define I, the, the five I wills, I, I, of course, I want to go through, and you'll see what the enemy's goal is or what, the, what his purpose. Uh, he wanted God's place. Verse 13, I will ascend into heaven. Uh, and um, you know, I, maybe this will go really, really deep. Uh, but there are uh, three levels of heaven, 
And uh, one level is the atmosphere, and the second is the place where the angels live, and the third is God's throne. And when Satan said, I will uh, ascend into heaven, he meant uh, Satan dwelling in the, the heaven that is included with angels thought it no longer good enough to visit God's throne, but he wanted to move in and make a place. He wanted his own. This place where only God can be, and thus uh, Satan wanted God's place. First of all, I will ascend into heaven. Uh, Secondly, he wanted his position. I will exalt my throne above the stars. The stars of God is an Old Testament expression for angels. Um, In Job, it it states, when the morning stars sang together, um, it's speaking of angels. Satan was, was a general in, this, in, in the angelic army, uh, but n- not the commander. And Satan said, I wanted to be the commander. Uh, he in charge, and uh, he was never in charge, but he and never originated, excuse me, he was in charge, but he never originated orders. He carried the orders out. And um, when he said, I will exalt my throne above the stars, of God, it said, I'm no longer good enough to be in charge of the cherubim, but I want to be in charge of the whole angelic army. And I, want, I don't want to submit myself to anybody else's authority but my own. I will become ultimate, and I will, be original, and I will originate the orders, and I will listen to no one. That's the, the I will of uh, exalt my throne above the stars of God. I'll be the highest being um, that there is. Then, uh, the next I will, Lucifer wanted God's power, verse 13, I will sit uh, also upon the mount of the congregation uh, in the sides of the north. He says, I want control over the affairs of the entire universe. The expression mount of the congregation is another Old Testament expression meaning complete control. Um, that which only belongs to God. Isaiah 2.2 says, And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. So um, complete control over creation is what he was wanting and asking for. Not asking for, he said, I will. Um, So he wanted now complete control over the angelic army, and then complete control over creation. Then, uh, verse 14, Lucifer wanted God's perfection. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. There are over 150 references of clouds in the Bible, and more than 100 have to do with the presence and the glory of God, and uh, not where rain comes from. In Exodus 16.10, for example, and it came to pass, Aaron spake unto the whole congregation of Israel, and they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in a cloud. He said, I'm going to make myself a greater glory than the glory of God. The only glory he had was the reflected glory. And he no longer wanted to be a reflector. He wanted to be originator. By the way, this morning just a reflector, just a reflector of God's uh, loving grace and mercy on me. Uh, nobody special right here, okay? And 
Uh, I want the same to be said about all of us. Just a reflector of God. Uh, nobody special. No, uh, don't, uh, don't need all the, the praise and hurrahs. And just a reflector of God's grace and mercy on me. Um, and that's who I am. That's, that's how I stand today. I want to be a reflector. Uh, Lucifer wanted God's privilege. The final I will, I will be like the Most High. He wanted to be responsible to nobody but himself. It sounds repetitious, but this being created to glorify God sought to glorify himself only through the declaration of his own dependence. I will not have God rule over me. Um, He will be single. He will be alone. Lucifer's proud heart was the reason of his fall, and Jesus saw him fall, uh, Luke 10.8, and he said unto them, I beheld Satan uh, as lightning fall from heaven. What a sight that would have been. As lightning fell from heaven. Uh, when Lucifer fell, he took a third of all the angels with him, with him uh, and that's found in Revelation. And the same happens today when, when people fall. What happens to those angels that fell with Lucifer Jude 6, and the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of that great day. 2 Peter 2.44, For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved into, unto judgment, uh, He has a a specific place for those angels that fell and chose uh, to go down with Lucifer. Um, Yeah. So how did all this happen? Did God know? uh, And this is, you know, this is always a, a question. Did God know the pride in Lucifer's heart when he created him? Well, yes, because God is omniscient. Could God have prevented it? Well, yes. Uh, he's all-powerful. He's omnipotent. Why didn't he? Uh, this is called the problem of evil that Paul calls uh, the, myst- the mystery of iniquity. How could a perfect and holy being fall? Lucifer didn't have a sinful world to tempt him. He had no tempter to push him. He had no sinful nature to overpower him. So how could something evil and unholy rise in an angelic being? Well, the answer to this question is that Lucifer was created by God exactly the way that we are created by God, with a freedom of choice. God could have programmed us and angels uh, just like robots to do what he says, to go where he wants us to go and say what he wants us to say, and we would have to come into worship on Sunday Uh, Not because we wanted to be here, but because that's what we were ordered to do. And how does God get any glory like that? The way God gets glory to His name is when the, the creation with a free will and free choice, and they have the opportunity to say, yes, God, and they worship Him and, and serve Him and and two-thirds of all the angels still chose to stay and worship and serve God um, and honor God with their life, and Satan chose not to. 
If you do not choose Christ as your Savior today, uh, you will be cast into hell eternally. You'll be with those other angels that fell. You'll have many excuses as to why you were there, but there will only be one reason. It's because of choice. People may say, I do not choose to go to hell, but if you choose not to receive Christ, then your choice is uh, your destiny, as Lucifer chose his. Hell was created for only angels that fell with Lucifer. Uh, Never created for any one human being to ever go there. Um, But by our choice, uh, this is what we have. So, I want to end with this. What have we learned from all this? How does this affect me? And why does this matter? (laughs) This is is called uh, application. Uh, Why do we care? Why does this matter? Uh, As I stated in the beginning, studying the enemy, you know, just like in sports and military, studying the enemy helps you better equip yourself to, to defeat him. Number one, I think I have three points. Number one, the power of pride. Pride turns an angel into a devil. If Lucifer had a life verse, it's Proverbs 16, 18, pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. 1 Timothy 3, 6 says, it's speaking of, of pastors, not a novice, lest ye be lifted up with pride, lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. Pride is a powerful destroyer. So how can we defeat it? Romans 12, 3, For I say, through, uh, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according to God, uh, as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Uh, just a reflector. Just a reflector. Uh, not a big deal. Just a reflector. Uh, a man's pride makes him a friend of the devil. And uh, pride is certainly a, a gateway sin. Uh, pride can take you to uh, much other uh, worse places. First, there's a power of pride. There's second, the purpose of Satan. What was the first thing Satan did when he rebelled, um, but before he fell? He went and convinced others uh, to rebel also. If you are not a Christian today, Satan's purpose for you is to deceive you, to lie to you, and take you to the lake of fire with him. He may keep you from hearing the word of God. He may keep you from listening. may keep you from hearing a a clear witness. Uh, If you make it to church, you may think you make, uh, uh, he may help you uh, fall asleep or daydream and uh, so you don't hear what the preacher is saying. God may bring you to a place and, and, you know what you have to do uh, for salvation. But Satan will convince you to postpone it and, and uh, push it off to a later date. Uh, and you will not feel the power of the Holy Spirit in your life anymore. Satan's goal, however it can be reached, is to, tell, is to take you to hell with him. For the Christian person, 
He wants to destroy and devour your testimony. He wants to take you and corrupt your life uh, so that you're a bad example for God. People ask all the time, what has happened in churches uh, when leadership has been compromised and moral problems among staff? And what's going on with God's people? Well, Satan is doing his work. He is doing everything he can to destroy the testimony of God's people. Luke twenty-two thirty-one, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you and sift you as wheat. 1 Peter 5, 8, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walketh uh, about, seeking whom he may devour. What he wants to do with us, my friends, my family, is to devour us, destroy us, and to drown us out so that we have no testimony for Christ. Thirdly and lastly, Satan is not God's opposite, but just a created being, or Lucifer was created. He's not in God's league. He can create a lot of stress. He's a powerful creature who has done a lot of damage. But when it comes to measuring up before God, there is a no contest. And we know who wins in the end. When Jesus died on the cross and he rose again, Satan was defeated then and there. And the judgment is already pronounced against him. We are waiting for the sentence to be carried out. We as Christians, we do not have to be walking around terrorized by the enemy. His final resting place is the lake of fire forever. Remember that verse, greater is he that is in thee than he that's in the world. While we look now and hear the news of Christians being martyred and Christians losing in political debates and, and laws that are not going uh, God's way, and it looks like we're failing as believers in Christ, we know the one who is in charge. God has won the victories, won the victory, and we are victorious with him. Uh, any comments? Questions, clarification. All right. Uh, that is all I have this morning.